Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to, to bat, Brett Boone. Hey, welcome everybody to the third edition of the Boone Podcast, but once a week we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm Rich Rare, executive producer of the Boone Podcast. And for years and years and years, Brett was on the other side of the microphone where I would stick microphones in his face. Now, lately, he's been doing the podcast where he gets to do the question, but I thought maybe once a week we'd ask Brett some questions that I want to know, you want to know, the fans want to know, the listeners want to know. So, Booney, we're going to go old school where I get to put the mic in your face and ask you questions. I love it. I love it. It gives me a break. Break up the monotony. Break up the monotony. Well, we could remind people. Uh, what is was this the anniversary of the All Star Game in Seattle? This is the year coming up. Yeah, from uh, years ago. Well, well, it's not really. It's it's twenty two years ago. Twenty two years ago. Yeah, it was the last time that uh, the All Star Game was in Seattle. Back then, it was Safeco Field. Now, T right. Mobile Park. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to it. It's it's going to be good. I'm going to be up there for the week. Uh, getting to see a lot of my old teammates, um, and and hopefully the Mariners are are doing what I predicted in our preseason show. Right, of they're playing the way they're capable of playing. Because Rich, that I, I was fortunate enough to live through it. Seattle, you know, when you think of baseball, you think of the Chicago Cubs, Boston, uh, Yankees. But I'll tell you, I lived through an era in the early 2000s where that city was on fire for that team. And I know when you win in Seattle. Uh, they come out. I, I think the early games I I, I tuned in uh, for a few, and that electric atmosphere is back in Seattle. So uh, I'm looking forward to this to the All Star Game this year. And uh, yeah, I know as we get closer, we'll talk more about it. But it was a historic All Star Game. I believe that was the game with uh, with Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, where he moved positions, and and Tony Gwynn Jr. was honored, and uh, it was a fantastic week. Of baseball festivities. I just remember the one the one issue I had during the week was I was assigned to get interviews with every Seattle oh, Mariner. Player. I know, I know, I know where we're going here. I was I was assigned. Can you get every I was working at Fox back then? Let's let's get all the Seattle Mariners there because it was let's see. Ichiro, who else was on that team? That we, had, the we, had eight, we had eight guys there. Yeah. Know, so I got that. seven of the eight to come on air with this. There was one who blew me off four times. Was that me? That was now, Rich, now, Rich. You know, and and I would never blow you off on purpose. You got to realize that was a big. That was a big the, game. The, a lot Especially of the Mariners. A lot of people pulling at you, different ways. Uh, I just it just must must have been coincidence that I didn't get to you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get Ichiro either. So it wasn't just you. So I'll let you off the hook. But let's turn two with Booney. Let 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 me throw a couple of topics out, and we'll ask you two questions. You ready to go? You got it. All right, week one into Major League Baseball's new rules. Uh, fill in the blank. Week one and new baseball rules are? I think they're a hit. Um, it, the, the thing is, is we, on, on, in the media, now we've got to cover these games. And right. in the past, you get home, you know, it's a 2 o'clock game. You might, out, you might be taking your kids to the dentist. So you, you can get home a half hour later, and it's the top of the second. Now you miss a half hour, you might miss four innings. So you, you really got to DV, DVR everything. That's what I'm noticing. I mean, these games are going in two hours. If it 
if it's a three-hour game, oh my gosh, that would be considered long. Where in the past, that's considered a kind of a swift game, three hours. So uh, it's a little bit of an adjustment, I think, from the media side, from the fan side, as far as you better get home because you're going to miss something. Uh, but I think so far it's been a hit. You know, I'm really interested, and in, I've noticed I'm starting to look at you know, think what are what are the differences we're going to see. I think you're going to see a big difference uh, in the stolen base category. Okay. Because, you know, I talked earlier about the average guy, the guy like myself, uh, when it comes to stealing bases, I would, I would steal maybe 10 a year, you know, on a great year, I'd steal 15. But when people paid attention to me, when the pitcher paid attention to me, uh, I was staying home. I'm not going anywhere. Now, yeah. if I felt like you were not paying attention to me, you're really slow and deliberate to home plate. I might swipe a bag here and there. Uh, but I, I think the average base stealer, it's not going to change with these new, new rules too much. But the base stealers that do it for a living, what they're known for, the elite base stealers, I think you're going to see a lot more stolen bases this year. Because not only is it a clock, but when the clock gets down to three, two, one, right. that pitcher's not worried about throwing over. He's worried about getting this ball to home plate or before a clock violation. I think the real base stealers are going to take huge advantage. I think you're going to see the, the stolen bases really soar this year. Okay, here's the second part because we're turning to you ready. The one more ch one more change that baseball needs to make is what? Nothing. Leave it alone. We've had enough changes. I think the 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 purest. You get of the off game my lawn, you kids in your rock and roll music, and wanting to make all these changes. Right. I, I think we've and, and I think we've been uh, pretty patient. Come on, there's got to be one thing that you would like to change. I'd like to change the rules back to uh, you can take a runner out at second base. There you that, go. That's near and dear to my heart because I think that's what separates elite second baseman. And, and obviously I was a second baseman, so I'm a little biased. Okay. So you would like to see maybe a little bit more physicality at second base. I think so. I, I think that's a big part of the game always has been. And to take that element away, uh, anybody can turn a double play now. I mean, you can be a left fielder and in any given situation, you can turn a double play because they can't come in. They've got to slide into the bag. They can't right. touch you. Uh, whereas that's how we separated ourselves was the guy that could turn that big double play with the Kirk Gibson bearing down on you, trying to knock you in the left field. Uh, that's how you separate yourself as a middle infield. So, yeah, I'm a little biased. Uh, that's what I'd like to see change. Give me one person that got you. Uh, I don't remember anyone that's ever got me. No? Uh, a, lot, a lot of guys tried it, and I don't mean to come off arrogantly, but I got I got my footwork down to where – I'm not saying you couldn't get me. You couldn't flip me up in the air, but you couldn't hurt me, and you couldn't really uh, – Break it up. Break it up. However, if there's one person out there, a gentleman by the name of Carl Everett – Oh yeah. Uh, he, I was at a golf tournament a few months ago and he brought it to my attention. He said, you know, that I'm the only one that got you. And I said, Carl, I don't remember you ever getting me. <laughs> he had some picture in his archives. So you brought him up and see that right there. And it, and it looked like he kind of got me, but uh, I don't remember that. Once All again, right. biased memory. Bi you know what? As we get older, don't our memories change a little bit more? Oh yeah. We get better. We were, we were, you know, Everything was it, it just add a little bit of a rainbow to it. Okay, so last weekend was the final four. Obviously, yeah. your USC Trojans weren't in the final four. Um, Arizona Wildcats fell out, so I wasn't paying attention. My wife was excited though because she went to the University of Miami, so she was all fired up for the final four. So, here's a question, Brett Did you watch the final four? I had a little bit. My son, uh, Jacob, is a Princeton graduate, and Princeton, as you know. 
kind of shocked, shocked yeah. a few people. They beat your, they, they beat your Arizona. Arizona ball club. Uh, so my son flew back for the, for the sweet 16 to watch Princeton. They fell. Um, but yeah, I got a little more. I'm not a big, I hate to say it. I'm not a March madness guy. All my buddies are, and they say, how can you not watch? And I'm just not a March. How, madness how am guy. I friends with you? Not, Why do I talk to you? I had a little bit more of an interest too, because, uh, you know, I'm, I, I live in San Diego and right. San Diego state got to the final game. That was unexpected as well. Yeah. They fell to Connecticut. Oh, what a game when they beat FAU last second buzzer beater. Unbelievable. Back to back games. They won by one point. Yeah. Uh, and then lost in the finals, obviously. But that that was some local interest, so I paid attention a little bit to that. A lot of my buddies in the area, you know, San Diego was a buzz with with the the unexpected. So that was interesting. But once again, I'm not a big March Madness guy. But this this year, I, I dipped my toe in a little bit. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. So what were you doing? Come on, Rich. I'm moving and shaking. I'm, I'm moving kids around. I just got back from a uh, ski trip for three days and and i've i've kind of decided that my kids are getting older now right i i might retire from family vacations these because you have four these kids are a pain in the ass so <laughs> i told it well i'll probably have a change of heart but when, on the ride home i said you know what family vacations are over you guys don't appreciate it and i'm not taking you anymore i volunteer usually 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 dad softens up after a while but that's my that's my well, you you right got now. a house full. You've got you got a house full of kids. I, just I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna tag along with one of these Boone family vacations. Will you be a pain in the ass? No. Okay. Well, you're fine. You you can watch the kids. Oh, there you go. So where you, you guys went skiing, right? Went skiing up in Mammoth. We had a little bit of a we had a, we had a rocky vacation, but it Tell was uh, it was the, fun. the the fans of the Boone podcast <laughs> want to know is we're well, 22 at Booney. First Why was night. your vacation so rocky? uh first night we we check in we got a uh we're at mammoth we're in a ski in ski out type situation condo really nice i love it uh go to sleep the first night and and i'm woken up in the middle of the night by an explosion and the house uh, probably 40 50 feet above me exploded there was a propane tank too much snow got on it in the middle of the night it was like a bomb went off i was in my room Right. Uh, the door to the balcony flung open and it was loud. And I thought, well, that's not normal. Now, me being me, I kind of checked around and said, oh, we're fine. I would have gone back to sleep. But I had a house full of house full of women and women and of, all the kids. All, you, you got kind of kind of all, the, all your daughters. Bit. You got all the boys there. Right. Yeah. And they're kind of freaking out. And uh, so wait a second. Wait a second. I go out the front door, Rich. How about okay. this? I go out the front door. I look straight up. House is on fire. Like I said, I could throw a, a rock and hit it. I've got glass all over my front porch, which I thought our, our glass window had blown out. Not the case. It was the glass from the house that exploded. And there were two, two by fours. Uh, that hit your? Hit my condo. How, and it how far was away was this? 40, 50 feet. Wow. So I decided okay. we should, we should uh, evacuate. We did. 
Uh, we went down to the lodge and they ended up putting us up at, at the hotel for the next two days. Fire department came up and said, uh, we don't want anybody staying in these units uh, until we get all the, you know, all the smoke cleared. And that that side of the mountain shut down the next day, which is just added more inconvenience to my trip. Now I had to take a shuttle over to the main mountain where I, I thought I was all dialed in. I had the great place and uh, it ended up being a little hectic. Sunday was a great day. Uh, kids had a good time. We came home, but I, I would give it a B minus vacation. Okay. Wait a second. I got to ask a couple questions. First of all, what goes through Boone's mind when there is an explosion that sounds like ordinance has gone off next to your house? I just checked a little, you know, checked around and says, everybody okay? I went out on the balcony. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need details. Like, do you get up? Do you get dressed? Do you put on slippers? Do you put on a robe? Do you look at you look at your wife? I mean, listen, you you live in California, so you're used to earthquakes. I mean, earthquake hits in California, we kind of roll over. Oh, yeah, okay, let's go back to sleep. No, it was kind of, uh, at first, it was like, that's loud. It Jarring. Couldn't, it couldn't be a bomb, could it? I went out on the balcony, which was facing, not facing the house on fire, was facing the valley, and I looked out. You know, I didn't see any people out there. It didn't seem like anything was... Uh, like kids with firecrackers or something? No, nothing was disturbed. It was the middle of the night. But now, fast forward, I, I put a, uh, I forget what I put on, maybe a pair of pants real quick. I walked downstairs. Now, the opposite side of the house is where the fire was. So I walked around thinking in my mind, I'm thinking we're inside fine. or outside the house. Outside. OK, no, I'm thinking in my mind, we're going to be fine. Um, I'm going to go back to sleep here in a minute. I'm going to calm these these kids and these these women down and we're going to be fine. And I'm going to go back to sleep. Uh, I That's when I opened the front door and I saw the fire. And I just thought, even though I wanted to go back to sleep, I thought this probably <laughs> isn't the best thing. <laughs> so we we fled i you know everybody's running around saying get get everything i said listen guys get, get anything important but don't worry about you know leave your skis here leave everything that that's material stuff that can be replaced uh let's just get out of here in one piece and and we got down to the garage and and got out of there fine and then went up on went in, uh the road in front of the actual lodge and kind of watched it all night. If, if I can get some footage to Mike, our producer, uh, maybe he'll put it up for this podcast. But I got some good footage of the fire. It was uh, it was scary for a little bit. Um, but once I went in and, and fire department came down, it was under control. They had put the fire out in a couple hours. Uh, we were good to go. But but a little bit of shakeup. Have you ever been scared in your life? <sighs> maybe at the plate. When, when I wasn't seeing the ball well. No, that's no, about no, as, like, that's like about you, Have you ever been terrified in your life? No, I grew up in, you know, most of my uh, high school and college days were in Southern California. And, and like you mentioned at the top, a lot of earthquakes. I've been shaken out of my house on an earthquake. I remember my freshman year at USC, I was in a dorm room, uh, a dorm that, you know, had six stories. I was on the fourth floor and we shook pretty good in an earthquake. By, by then I was kind of used to it. Right. Uh, and, and we evacuated. So as far as being scared, uh, not really, not Interesting. really. Like I, most of my, most of my uh, scary moments have been in a batter's box to be okay. honest with you. All right. So, oh, by the way, this is turning two with Booney. So let me ask you the second question about the final four. If you, if, if obviously you wouldn't want to go to the final four, uh, on your quote unquote bucket list. But if there's one event that you would want to see in person, 
you know, you talked about your son going to watch Princeton. And I think that's a lifetime event. What's one event that you want to see anywhere in the world in person? Well, let me preface it with this to all the basketball fans out there. I'm not a huge basketball fan. March Madness, I mentioned right. that. But if I had a if I had a courtside seat, March Madness, of course I'd show up. I love going to basketball games courtside. I think it's really cool seeing how big these guys and being right there in the action. Um, so we get past that. One event. I'm a golf guy. I love golf. Right. Uh, I love watching. I, I love watching golf. That's that's my favorite thing to watch. Baseball being second. Uh, but because I, you know, I've been around baseball so much of my life and golf is my my hobby. Uh, I'd, I'd have to go to this week's and it would be the Masters. And I've never been there, never been to Augusta, never played or been in attendance for the tournament. So I think that's that's a bucket list item for me. Wait a sec. There's something that Boone hasn't done because I was yes. thinking you're going to say running with the Bulls in Pamplona, going to the Olympics. No, I'm thinking sporting event. What okay. would I one thing I could do? Uh, I go to the masters and one day I will, I just, you know, when I, when, when, when the time is right, but I, I think it's just, it sets itself apart on the PGA tour from all the other, uh, majors. All the majors are, are great. I always watch all the majors, but the Masters just something special about it. It's a venue, uh, that you, not to be corny, but when you close your eyes, you know, you're somewhere special. And the only thing I can equate that to from my personal experiences in life is, is playing a world series at old Yankee stadium. Old Yankee stadium is special enough, you know, Fenway park and a day game Wrigley field on a day game. You uh, feel the history, but I'll tell you going out onto the field for the pregame ceremonies for a world series game at Yankee stadium, is the most in awe I've ever been as a professional athlete. Something that was really special. And that's why, you know, I say I could close my eyes. I closed my eyes and I just knew that it was a different feeling. And I don't want to get too corny about it, but it was something I really can't explain. You have to, you have to really witness it. All right. See, I got my master shirt on because it's master's week. So let me let me tell people this that when I talked to Brett on on the weekend, Brett, what are you doing? Watching golf? You're either playing golf or you're watching golf. Right. So now that you're a professional broadcaster, professional podcaster, let me ask you for a preview of this week's Masters. Well, I think there's going to be a lot made in the media. You know, uh, I think the golfers themselves behind the scenes, uh, it's just that it's not that big of a deal. What athletes care about is winning. And there's a lot of money at stake. And, and that's what athletes care about is winning. Uh, all this drama that's going to go behind the scenes and the media is going to make a big deal. All oh, the live guys are coming back to the BGA tour. 90% of the guys on the tour on the, or on the live tour could care less. This is an event. They're there to win the event. Uh, so all this fluff and, and all that's made of it, that's just what it is. It's just media. So there's really Don't not be as careful. You're a member of the media now. Well, and, I, and I'll, I would cover it that way if I covered golf. But I know inside the game what the athletes are truly thinking about. That's winning and getting their swing right and playing as well as they can. They're not worried about, oh, he went to the live tour. He didn't. And by the way, I've been thinking about this a lot. Why, as a player, if I was a PGA Tour player in my prime doing well on the PGA Tour and certain other men on the PGA Tour decided to go to a live tour 
where they were paid very handsomely. What do I care? You know, who am I to tell them how to live their life and what's the best choice for their family? It, it's another it's another venue. Uh, what if it started costing you money, though? What if I'll tell you what, that, it's, it's not it's money. not it's not costing them money. It's gaining them money. Look at the purses now that are changing for the PG tour. They have the live guys to thank for that. Here's here's my point, Rich. It's like if there was a rival MLB uh, league that was paying better than Major League Baseball, who am I to tell a journeyman player that's not making 25, 30 million in today's economy that he can't go do what's best for his family? Of course. Uh, so I don't see it. It's easy for Rory McIlroy, for Tiger Woods, who have the hundred, two hundred million dollar deals uh, with the PGA Tour. It's easy for them to say, "Oh yeah, how dare you go to the Live Tour?" Phil Mickelson's at the end of his prime. He's not going to be making. He's not going to be winning tournaments anymore on the PGA Tour. If the Live says one hundred and fifty million to go, I, I, I asked somebody out there who would turn that down. So I'm. I'm a little bit against the the criticism of the live players. I mean, each individual, everybody's not a star. Everybody's not going to get that huge money deal. And it's a lot of way for, for an average player on the tour. If they're invited to go to the live tour and make a great living for their family, I think they'd be crazy not Should to they be it. able to double dip and come play in the PGA events? If, I think if so. I, and, and I think so. I think so. I think it's good. Fans are fans. I, I'm a fan of golf. I want to see uh, – DeChambeau come back and, and play against Kepka. I want to see Phil Mickelson. He's one of the greatest players of all time. It's interesting. Who knows if he's got one more run in him? The best players in the world, Dustin Johnson. Uh, I want to see him tee it up. I want to see how that the little bit of tension maybe that's out there, how it plays out. How, how it drives from, us, sure. From a fan's perspective, I think it's great for the, for the world of golf. I think the Live Tour playing an event against the PGA Tour I think that's interesting for the fans. I, it would think of I, think the drama. Fans would, I think the fans would love it, and that's what this is about. It's obviously we're serious athletes. We're serious golfers. We do it for a living. Well, not us, them. But at the same time, they're entertainers like the rest of us. I, I was a baseball player, and I cared deeply about what I did. Uh, I took it very serious. I, I played as hard as I could. But at the end of the day, I'm an entertainer. And that's what we are. And it's it's the fans game. And, and I think give the fans what they want. So if the fans want Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson to come back and play in the Masters, give them what they want. That's who that's who makes this game go anyway. The drama, if you had a live tour player and a uh, PGA tour player on final Sunday. round on Sunday. Oh, it'd would be, be awesome. Amazing. Okay. The rating, ratings would be huge, and that's what it's all about anyway. All right, let's move on real quick. Give me uh, 20 seconds on this one. I didn't realize you had never played Augusta. I'm a little disappointed. No, I've never played it. Never, never had the opportunity or never been invited? I, I had the opportunity several times my year with the with the Atlanta Braves in 99, and I just I was a guy during the season. It was enough playing every night at 7 o'clock to mix in 18 holes in the morning. Uh, was too much for me. I, I wanted to be fresh for the do game every night. It? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> I would make an exception now. <laughs> and, you know, I was a young man back then thinking, oh, I'll have plenty of time to play Augusta. But hopefully one day, one day I'll get an invite and I'll get to do it. Those of you that are new to the Boom Podcast, if you go back and listen to the episode with Charles Barkley, Brett tells it, Chuck called and said, hey, let's go play golf. <laughs> that was pretty and, good and, story. And, yeah, right. and I, did, I didn't want to play. I ended up playing with him. It was one of my funnest rounds ever. Okay, real quick. Best track you've ever played? Best golf course? 
Oh, that's a tough one. I know. Uh, Come on, I've you only got, got 10 seconds. I've Let's got go. a Let's lot. Go. I'm going to go, uh, you know, blanket answer. Uh, Monterey Peninsula, Spyglass, mm. Pebble Beach. Uh, if I had one place to go as my last golf event in my life, I'd definitely go to the Monterey Peninsula and play Spyglass and Pebble. Okay. Final topic for turning two with Booney. This has been kind of fun. Uh, did you see the guy run onto the field to propose to his girlfriend at Dodger Stadium? I did. Okay. I did. Uh, big big time move or a minor league move? That's a pretty big time move. I mean, I, I think his his wife to be is wow. You did that for me. Uh, he got some attention. Little viral moment. Really, from a from the athlete's perspective, harmless. You know, I've had people run on the field a lot of times, and I, I always keep my distance. You know, as long as they're not coming for me or at me, you kind of got to assess the uh, assess the situation in real time. Is that does this guy pose a threat? Is he just a, a kid that that got drunk in the stands and got a bunch of money given to him to go out here? So really, ninety nine out of a hundred, they are no threat. They they just took a took a bet, took a dare, and did it. They're gonna go to they're gonna go to jail for the evening. But uh, as an athlete, that that never used to bother me. It's like, well, as long as this guy doesn't seem to be a threat to me, I kind of kept my distance, let him do his thing, let security take over. Okay, so wait a minute. Now, now we are conflating two of my two of my topics here as we're turning two. So, and I'll say the full full transparency. I did propose to my wife on top of the dugout in the middle of a game on the PA system on TV and radio. Really. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but you you had the clearance for it. Yeah, I've, yeah, I'm I I was I'm, I'm Diff- very romantic. Diff- different, Rich. Though you yes. don't have clearance, you're going on a limb. You don't know what's going to happen. This guy, he got clocked. He got clocked. He got he clocked. got clocked. Okay, so I did that. So I just want to make sure I get the clarification. Pro- public proposals like that in Boone's book are romantic or silly. Well, if 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 I dared to say. Uh, I don't think my wife would even allow me to say the word romantic because I'm. She, that's she, that's she, kind of a she, word that doesn't describe. <laughs> she she doesn't. Uh, yeah, that's not my. I, I don't know. I get a lot of criticism for that. Um, <laughs> me, I would never do something like that. So I think it's kind of dumb. At the same time, <laughs> if that's what does it for you, I've got no problem with it. No harm for you know. It's live and let live. I'm I'm not here to judge it. Yeah, I think you're a knucklehead for doing it. I don't want to go out there and get pummeled by the security, so I wouldn't put myself in that situation. But he might he might have racked up some points with with that. Like I said, oh, his fiance. How do you think I get away with everything I've gotten away with for 25 years? Because Maybe I, I, I maybe I can maybe I can learn some stuff. I, from you, I think you could. All right, yeah. last thing as we turn to with Booney. Here's our last last uh, part of this. This is the second part of that uh, topic for the day. The security guard <laughs> that got to that guy trucked him. Textbook move because I, I Brett, they I'm live. Sure. They live. They live for that. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you to evaluate uh, his move of just taking him down. Because I know I I know a lot of these guys that work in in the security. Uh, you get to know them when you're around the ballpark every day. That's their Super Bowl. They live for that because if they go tackle them and they miss, the players and the staff will never let them hear the end of it. Without a doubt. And and security, uh, my years in Seattle, when someone would come on the field, I'd always see the security guards after, hey, good job. Or or if, you know, you, you see those, you see when the fans come running on the field sometimes and they're a little athletic and the security guard goes to get them and they kind of make a move. And the security guard looks a little silly. 
Well, now after the game, I'm walking through the tunnel. I look at the security guard. I'm like, come on, man. What happened? He's like, oh, and he's just smiling. Or a play like that where he clocks him. Uh, definitely the players going up the tunnel at the end of the game. They're going to be giving knuckles to that security guard. He's going to have a smile on his face uh mile wide. Uh, so that, that's just fun stuff the game. But, yeah, those security guards seems all serious, and it is serious for them. It's their job to – take out that they don't know if he's a threat they don't know if he has something on him uh so to get a get a shot like that and that then on top of it it goes viral uh believe me that security guard was was smiling ear to ear all right so let's just review what we learned today turning two with booney that and we uh, learned he, a lot rich we learned, we learned, a, learned lot. a lot you, you like the changes we, uh in the rules <clears throat> but we don't need any more boone has never been terrified or scared in his life Except for in the batter's box. Except for in the batter's box. But in real life, away from the ballpark, you've never been scared before in your life. Not um, that I can remember. You're pulling for a live PGA Tour final round in Augusta. Well, I, we, we didn't set it up that way, but that's that's perfect. That's and perfect. the one word that we would never use to describe Brett Boone is romantic. Is ro- that's, that's very accurate. There you go. That's turning to a boney. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure you download the podcast, like it, uh, share it with your friends, and we'll catch up with you next week.